Welcome to the Show Up Podcast with me, your host, Natalie Norton. This podcast is all about having the courage to be a really good human and living the kind of life that genuinely fires you up every single day. Are you ready to become your best self and truly show up for your life, come what may? Me too. Let's do this thing. I know you, you understand me, babe. Girl, you're my best friend. It's a new year. My gosh, I love it. There's nothing like the feeling of a blank sheet of paper because anything is possible. And that's what the new year feels like to me. Fresh start, new perspective, all kinds of opportunity. But it's important for us to recognize that that's all just a mindset, right? It's a programmed response to a ceremonious date on the calendar. Now, that's not to say that it makes the effect any less real or any less valid or any less powerful, but recognizing that ultimately the new year is nothing more and it's nothing less than a date on the calendar. This helps us remember that any day and every day can be a chance to reset, a chance to renew, a chance to reevaluate, right? But knowing as my good friend, my dear friend, Laura Casey would say that there is no magic in January 1st. I hope that this is an episode that you'll download and that you'll revisit anytime you feel the need to reevaluate or to realign or to recommit, right? Part one of this series was foundational. We talked a lot about that during part one, foundational work. And yes, I think that that episode is also worth downloading and revisiting, which if you haven't listened to that first installment, you can find it on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. However, this particular installment, episode three or part two of Your Best Year Yet, this is where we are going to get practical. In this episode, this is where we get hands-on. This is where we jump into the actionable how of making this year or this day or this week or this month or this life the best that it can be. And you may wonder how content can be so broadly applicable. And I will tell you, it is because what we are talking about here are true, eternal, lasting, constant principles. They are actions that are based on, founded in, rooted in principles. And those never become irrelevant. They never go out of style. What we're going to do here today will work for you in a million different ways and at a million different times throughout the totality of your life. These practices that I'm going to teach you are things that I return to at least quarterly, definitely quarterly, often, far more often than that, just depending on the year and the particular circumstances of my life at that time. But going back to the idea of this life, right, these things being actionable ways for us to make this life the best that it can be. I want to drive home the fact that this life that we're living here, this isn't a dress rehearsal, right? This, this is the big show. This is it. And I promise that I'm not driving that point home to like emotionally manipulate, right? I'm not trying to sensationalize this. I'm not trying to create some kind of dramatic effect. I'm emphasizing that reality because I know firsthand from my own personal experience, as well as witnessing the experience of so many of my coaching clients over the years, 
I know how easy it is to keep on waiting to start like really living, really engaging with our lives. And there's a million different reasons that we wait. There's a million different reasons that we play small. Maybe we're waiting to lose the weight or maybe we're waiting to quit the job or to start the new job or to have the baby or to build the family or there's a million different reasons that we wait. But we can engage with our lives on a higher level right here and right now. And that is what it means to show up. That is what wholehearted living is. And that is what we are going to be talking about and learning how to do today. So yes, let's start by reminding ourselves that this is it. This is life. And we aren't going to be perfect. My gosh, we aren't even striving for that. That's not even the goal. Because we aren't actually idiots. We aren't masochists, right? Our real goal is simple, to show up wide awake and with real intention. And I'm going to promise you that if you will really engage with this material here today, it will help you find the course, it will help you stay the course, and it will help you successfully navigate the course no matter what. No matter what. Deal? Deal. I feel like this episode is having all these false starts, and that's not my intention. But there is one more thing I need to say before we dive into this material. This is going to take a different format than other podcast episodes you may have heard in the past. And that's because it's almost like um, a workshop, so to speak. That's the best way that I know to explain it. But that doesn't have to change your listening experience. You can approach this however ever you would like to do that. Some of you may choose to listen to this particular episode with a pen and a notebook nearby. Some of you may not, and that's okay. Um, If you're like me, you probably listen to podcasts while you are on the go. And if that is the case, having a pen and a notebook nearby isn't always going to be practical, and that is totally fine. If you think that you want to go back and revisit portions of this material, what I would recommend that you do, I do this all the time um, when I'm listening to podcasts, I take a screenshot of my phone um, in order to mark a timestamp for myself, right? And that saves to my camera roll. And then I've got that timestamp from that episode where I can go back and re-listen to the specific content that I want to make sure that I revisit. But it's also an option just to relax and listen, okay? (laughs) Because I am not the boss of you, number one. And number two, I really just want this podcast to be totally low stress. I want it to meet you wherever you are. I want it to have no expectations. I don't want it to add any pressure to your life at all. Okay? Okay. That is the final false start. And now let's move into this material and teach you how to show up in your life to make this your best year yet. dive that deep into the actual setting of goals because I am far more concerned with something that is much deeper and much more impactful than that. Okay, so for this first portion, we're going to be talking about values. And I know you hear that and you're like, what am I in church? What's happening right now? Stick with me. Okay, what I want you to do is close your eyes or just imagine you're at the end of this year or at the end of this day or this week or this month. Okay, And you're looking back 
on all your actions, on all your choices, on all your thoughts throughout the entire year or month or day, right? Which values do you hope that evidence will emphasize? Meaning, as you look back over all those thoughts, over all those actions, over all those choices, what values do you hope will be amplified, will stand out as evidence of everything you've done all year long? It is such a common thing to get so caught up in goals and accomplishments that we hope to to do or to achieve. But on my life, I swear to you that you will gain way more lasting joy, lasting satisfaction, and such a significantly greater sense of purpose when you choose to focus first and foremost on the type of person you hope to become. And no, we are not throwing away the importance of goals. We are not. There is absolutely a place for goals, but I want you to approach goals as ancillary to values, always and forever values first, because that is what is going to have the most lasting effect on your happiness, your sense of self, and the purpose and the connection to the purpose that you feel in your life day in and day out. Now, what do I mean by values? We could break that down a million different ways, but for our purposes here, I want you to break them down as follows. I am fill in the blank. I am fill in the blank. I am fill in the blank. For example, I am uh, generous. I am a hard worker. I am ambitious. I am forgiving. And you can throw some I am nots or I do nots in there, however you want it to be. For example, I do not gossip. I am not judgmental. At this juncture, all that matters to me is that you just write. Whatever comes to your mind, you don't hold back. You don't self-censor. You just write. Now, you can pause here and take a few minutes to get that list on paper, or you can write while I talk, or you can come back later. Don't overthink this. Don't overcomplicate this for yourself. There is not a right or a wrong way to any of this. Just mind travel to the future. So simple. (laughs) And imagine that you're looking back over all your thoughts, your behaviors, your accomplishments, your interactions with others. Who do you hope you've become? What values do you hope that you'll see that you've really embodied throughout the year? Again, at this point, don't self-censor. Just let go and write. And we'll come back later to polish things up. So if you want to pause and work on your list now, go for it. This is the time. Pause. Next, I want you to read through your list and see which values keep recurring. Does that make sense? You can make a separate list of those values. So let me give you an example because that might not be clear. Let's say that on my list I see I am thoughtful, I am on time, I am honest, I am a good listener. On a separate sheet of paper, I could write respectful or respect because all of those sentences could fit well under the umbrella of respect, right? Being thoughtful, that's a form of respect. Being on time, that's a form of respect. Being honest is a form of respect. Being a good listener is a form of respect, right? And yes, those are all actually things that were on my initial list. Once you've gone through this process and sort of whittled your list down, you may find that your list of values is like a mile long. You may find that you're able to consolidate everything down to a list that's much, much shorter than that. It doesn't matter. 
Okay, there's not a right or a wrong way to do this, and you can modify it any way you like. So often people get caught up in, am I doing this right? And there is not a wrong. So yes, you are doing this right. Do not overthink. Do not overthink. Times infinity. Please do not overthink, okay? Ultimately, the goal is to consolidate until you've got a list of single word values that's about three to five values long. Now, does this mean that you don't have any other values (laughs) in your whole life? (laughs) No, duh, of course not. But a list of three to five is a lot more actionable, okay? It's a lot more um, it's a lot more manageable than a list of like 50. And chances are good that you can represent a lot under the umbrella of one carefully and intentionally chosen word. And you don't just get one, you get three to five, okay? So take a few minutes here to intentionally write down your list. You can pause the audio right now if you'd like, but one more tip, when I walk through this exercise, I really do repeat this exercise quarterly. This is something I do four times a year, sometimes more. Um, And yes, to be honest, sometimes less. But I often do it with a dictionary nearby or my phone, and I'm saying things like, define the word ambitious. Because ambitious, that that value didn't resonate with me. Um, But I noticed that I had lots of different words that were similar to it. I had the word industrious. I had the word hard worker. It said, I am anxiously engaged. Um, I am determined. And anyway, a lot of other things that would fall into a similar category as ambitious. So after I looked it up, I settled on the word diligent. And even as I say that, I'm thinking I might change it back and make it determined. But I'm not sure because both of those words are great. But ultimately, they mean pretty much the same thing, right? And they can mean whatever meaning you choose to give them because this is all about you. No one else ever even has to see these words, okay? And I know that I'm sounding redundant, but I also have gone through this exercise so many times with so many groups and with so many individuals that I know that it bears repeating for a number of you out there not to take this too seriously, okay? There's no rules. You can finesse this as many times as you want. You can rework it. You can revisit it. You're not married to what you write down on the sheet of paper, okay? Just get to work. And then once you've got that list and you've finessed it and you've reworked it and you've revisited it you're going to get to a point where it really resonates for you, okay? And again, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just get it as close as you can, okay, without making it a source of stress and anxiety for your life. Then once you've got that list of three to five values, your next step is to plaster that list everywhere, okay? That list is going to go on your mirror. You're going to set iPhone reminders for incremental periods throughout your day, when it's going to pop up, an alert's going to pop up on your phone and remind you of the values that you've chosen to embody this year. You're going to put it on the dashboard of your car. You're going to put it on your refrigerator. You're going to put it on your microwave. You're going to put it in your wallet. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And again, you can finesse this as many times as you want moving forward. You can rework it. There's no rules. You are 100% in charge. So once you've got that list, and you've plastered it everywhere, we're ready to move on to the next step, okay? But first, let me just say a little bit about why this matters so much. This is a constant reminder for you, a constant opportunity to realign. I wanna give you an example um, from my own life. There is a wonderful company out there called Do Good, Be Kind. And if you'd like to find them on Instagram, it's at do good, period, be kind. And the owners of this company, Do Good, Be Kind, their message, 
And their mission is as simple as it sounds. They just want to encourage people to do good and to be kind. And I have quite a few items of clothing and sticker decals. Um, I've got one on the back of my truck. I've got one on every hydro flask that we own. Do good, be kind. And it is such an awesome reminder. And I find that when I'm wearing that shirt specifically or when I'm carrying that hydro flask around, I am so much more intentional and aware about my behavior, right? Um, I got stuck in some traffic and I was late for an appointment. And when I got there, the people were giving me a really hard time wanting to reschedule. And it was a really frustrating situation where normally I might have reacted poorly. But wearing that freaking shirt that said, do good, be kind, (laughs) it kept me calm. It kept me cool because I couldn't have this plastered on the front of me and simultaneously act like a horrible garbage human, right? I just couldn't. And it was such a gift for me. And I've realized over and over again, even just having it on the back of my truck, it changes the way that I drive, right? It is such an amazing thing to have that reminder constantly available. And I promise you that the same will happen with your values. When you've plastered those all over anywhere you can think of where you will see them regularly. And I've noticed this happen with all of my do good, be kind paraphernalia, Um, but also with my values, right? It becomes like a part of your identity. And a moment of crisis may come up like the one I mentioned, and you'll find yourself saying internally, how would a person who values blank respond? Or uh, what would a person who values blank say in this situation, right? Or what kinds of thoughts would a person who values blank think or not think in this situation, right? We are aware of the kinds of values that we're committed to facilitating within our own lives. And slowly but surely, it changes behavior. But more importantly than that, it changes our sense of self, our sense of identity. And over time, can you imagine how this becomes a sort of barometer for your life? It is a pretty remarkable thing. And I think I've beaten it to death, but you get the point. Now, moving along, We're going to work on what I call your high five. Again, we're going to do some mind traveling here, and you may want a pen and a paper. But this time, I want you to keep it super, super, super simple. Imagine that it's the end of the day tomorrow. You're looking back. What is the bare minimum that needs to have happened in order for me to feel good about the day? Okay? You're just going to answer that question. Now, before you begin, it's important that you think generally here, okay? We're not being specific. We're not thinking about specific, time-sensitive, to-do list type things, okay? We're thinking general, everyday practices that have to take place in order for you personally to feel aligned with those things that you value in your life, okay? Or another way to put it is um, those things that have to have happened in order for you to feel as though you're doing your best or for you to feel empowered by a solid foundation to take on the other more varied tasks of each individual day, okay? So let me give you some examples because it's so hard to do this in this format. In a workshop format, we can ask questions, we can go back and forth, we can clarify, um, but it's a lot trickier when I'm just trying to make this as clear as possible in one single take. So let me give you a few examples. Some of the things that your list may include, and remember, this is a list of those bare minimum essentials that have to take place every day in order for you to feel as though the day was a success, okay? Here are some examples. Maybe 20 minutes of exercise, uh, maybe meditation or prayer, getting eight hours of sleep, 
um, an act of service, writing in a journal, 64 ounces of water, showering and getting ready for the day, scriptures or other inspirational reading, having dinner together as a family, or maybe it's maybe you're writing a book and you decide that you need to do a certain number of pages every day. And as long as you've completed that task, you feel as though you've been successful. The list can be as long as you want at first, okay? So don't limit yourself. But once you get everything down, you're going to curate that list down to only five, okay? Now, don't freak yourself out. You're not saying no to the other things on your list. You're just saying, bare minimum, every day, if I complete these five things, these high five, I am doing awesome. Or at the very least, I'm setting myself up to succeed, right? Or I'm ensuring that if I do have a bad day, I don't backslide into a bad week or a bad month because these five things every day are like mileposts, right, that keep us on track. And what I've found in my own life is there may be periods of time when I'm really moving slowly. Um, Some days I may feel like I'm not moving at all, but if I've got those high five and I prioritize them every day, I'm still moving. It is so much harder to build momentum than it is to maintain momentum. And remember, 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 baby steps are still steps. And when things are hard and when things are slowing down, if I keep up with those high five, I know I'm not going to like fall completely off the path, right? And if I'm being really honest, I totally celebrate the heck out of myself when I complete my high five each day. Um, Because I know that I'm prioritizing what I value and I'm living intentionally. And there's really nothing in my life that I value more than living intentionally and living within my values. Um, Now, there are a few questions that constantly come up concerning the high five. Like every time I have ever taught this in a workshop or to an individual or anytime I've even mentioned it on social media, there are the same questions that are constantly coming through. The first question is, do they always stay the same? No, your high five can change as often as you need it to. But I do recommend getting a high five in place with some tweaking and some finessing um, that really serves you and can serve you for at least a few weeks at a time, right? You don't want to be changing this like every night because first of all, that's just a lot of work. And second of all, we want this to become a constant and a habitual part of your life. And we want these things to be so incredibly easy that they're absolutely manageable, right? We don't want it to be like, I'm going to run 14 miles every day, right? Because that is just not realistic for most humans, right? But we could say, I'm going to exercise every day. In fact, um, back when I was very first doing this practice, which was about, oh, gall, maybe 10 years ago or so, um, exercise was on my list. And there were days when I hadn't exercised. But because I had chosen and committed to this high five every day, it might be like 11 o'clock at night. And I might be about to climb into bed and realize that I hadn't exercised. And I was so committed to keeping my high five that I would stop and I would do like 10 jumping jacks and like five push-ups really quick and then just jump into bed because I was prioritizing my values. And that's what this is about. This is about developing confidence. This is about teaching yourself that you absolutely can prioritize those things that matter to you. And that if you're not prioritizing those things that matter to you, you're living outside of your values. And we can never have the highest level of satisfaction, the highest sense of purpose in our lives if we're living outside of our values. And so, yes, this work seems stupid and it seems mundane and it seems unnecessary, but it is so important And because it's so simple, 
a lot of us completely neglect to do any kind of intentional work in these areas. And I can promise you, promise you, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, that if you will just give this a shot, it will genuinely revolutionize your life. Genuinely, truly, I promise. So that's the first question, and I got on a little tangent, but do they always stay the same? No, but you should really shoot to have them stay the same for prolonged periods of time if possible. And I reevaluate quarterly no matter what. So that can just be something you can set um, a reminder on your phone every quarter to do this practice again. And it's so simple. You're not going to forget it. It's really, really easy. Okay. Second question that I get very, very often. How often do you change them? I answered that already. I change them quarterly. You could change them more often than that. But it's a matter of sticking with it long enough to see if it's really serving you and then making some tweaks as necessary. Okay. And then quarterly reevaluating. And at that quarterly juncture, you can overhaul them completely or you can leave them the same. There's no rules at all. It's up to you. I'm giving this to you. This belongs now to you. You can teach it to others. You don't even have to give me credit. I don't care. I just want you guys to recognize the power of this practice and make it a part of your lives forevermore. Number three, and I have never not gotten this question, what are your high five, Natalie? (laughs) Like I mentioned, these change, but I want to give you a few of my different high five from over the years that you can kind of get an idea of how they apply in specific circumstantial periods of life. So the first one I want to share with you is um, right before I went to Europe. So last summer, my family um, was in Europe for like two months. And I really, really, really wanted to be in good enough shape that I could get out and explore every single day, um, like running or walking in whichever city or town we were in before my kids got up because I need time to myself. It's just my personality. I gain my my energy by being alone and regrouping. And I knew that two months living on the road in really close quarters, like hostels and things with my three teenage boys and my wonderful husband was going to be a little intense. And I knew that I was going to need that decompression time. And so during that period, the few months leading up to us leaving for Europe, I prioritized different things than I would at maybe another period of my life. So before I left for Europe, here were my high five. Eight hours of sleep every night, 50 minutes of exercise, 30 minutes of cardio, and 20 minutes of resistance every day. Meditation and prayer. Number four, get outside. Didn't matter what I did. I just wanted to get outside every single day. During that period, I was sort of battling a propensity towards depression, not depression, but I I do have depression, clinical depression. But at that period, I wasn't really struggling so much with depression. It was more just like the blues, right? And I knew that getting outside every day was essential to keep me from falling down that rabbit hole, right? So that was number four, get outside every day. And number five, because I'm working on writing a book, 750 words a day. That's not that many words, but I told myself, bare minimum, 750 words a day. Now, the reason I gave you that whole backstory about it being before Europe and why it was important to me is that generally speaking, 50 minutes of exercise would be far too lofty for a list like this. But because I was working on a very specific goal, that was aligned with my values at that time. So it was a little bit more ambitious as it related to that one specific item than normally it may be, right? So let me give you another example. Um, I had some health issues a few years ago, and as I was recovering from that, 
my list looked a little bit different. Number one, eight hours of sleep every night. I'm going to tell you right now, that's almost always on my list because I am one of those humans that absolutely cannot be a normal person without eight hours of sleep. I turn into a monster. So eight hours of sleep was number one. Number two, now I want you to contrast this with my 50 minutes of exercise from the other list I just read. Number two at this period of my life was walk to the mailbox and back. Okay, get the difference there, right? Because I didn't have the same level of ambition. The goal wasn't the same and the capacity wasn't the same because I wasn't well. And so at this period of time, walking to the mailbox and back, that was a big thing. Number three, shower daily. And then it literally said, I'm reading this to you verbatim, even if you put your PJs on again after. Number four, 100 grams of protein a day. Now that seems really lofty, but because the health issues that I was dealing with were after my TIA, my transient ischemic attack, uh, that mini stroke, protein was essential. Fat and protein were both essential for my brain. And so one of my high five was 100 grams of protein a day. And number five, meditation and prayer. Those are almost always on my list as well, okay? So right now, during this period of my life, it's very simple. Number one, scripture, meditation, prayer. I kind of lump all those together. Number two, exercise. It just says exercise. It doesn't say for a specific amount of time. I just want to prioritize moving every single day. Number three, I have get ready. And I put ready in quotations because I don't really care what that looks like, but I want to do something every single day to remind myself that I am a human person existing on this planet and that I'm awake and alive in the world. So maybe that means that I shower and change my clothes. Maybe it means that I change my clothes and put on some makeup. Maybe it means I don't really care, but I need to get ready, quote unquote, every day. Eight hours of sleep, as I mentioned, which will always and forever be on my list. And number five, the daily dump. And that is the perfect segue into the next and final actionable step of our best year yet, part two, the daily dump. Now, there are a lot of you out there who get up every morning, get out a piece of paper and a pen or open their iPhone notes section or tasks or whatever, and write down a to-do list for the day, right? All the the tasks that they need to get done throughout the day, right? I imagine you out there like raising your hands, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's what I do. Not all of you, but, but many of you, I would venture to say that that is the practice. The daily dump shifts that. And it is, this is like a three-pillar situation. First pillar being the values, the three to five values. Second pillar being the high five. Third pillar being the daily dump. If you can incorporate these three things, I know that you will see significant change and building of positive momentum in your life and a greater undercurrent of peace and satisfaction, I promise you. So the daily dump. Every night before you go to bed, you have a piece of paper and a pen that just lives in your nightstand. It's right there. It's always accessible. It never moves. And before you go to bed, you write down every single to-do that is in your brain. Every single worry, every single thing that needs to get done, if things are in your mind that don't need to get done for a few months, but they're floating around in your mind, you're getting them out of your brain and you're putting them on paper. This is doing two things. Number one, it's allowing your brain to release rather than to keep using all that energy running and rerunning that worry and that thought, right? Number two, you're putting it on paper so it's safe. You know that you're not going to forget because you've written it down. 
So you're able to relax into sleep, right? You write that entire list, every single thing that's on your mind. Chances are good you're going to sleep better, especially if you're prone to laying in bed at night, staring at the ceiling, running through all the things you need to get done the next day, okay? So you're going to write down this list, and then what you're going to do is you're going to pick the five most important to-do items on that list. You can go all the way up to 10 if you must, but my recommendation is start with five. And I want you to prioritize those things numerically, starting with the hardest task. So let's say that one of the things on your list is call the tax guy. Nobody likes to call their tax guy. It's like the worst thing in the world. So if call the task, the tax guy is on your list, and then also one of those top five is like, I don't know, wipe down the kitchen counter, calling the tax guy is a lot more emotionally taxing <laughs> than wiping down the kitchen counter. So you're going to start there. You're going to start with the hardest task and work down to the easiest task, okay? And those are the only five to ten things that you're even going to do the next day. Now, if you end up with enough energy and time, you've got that whole list still there. It's not like it's going anywhere. You can add on some things, but not until you have completed the five or ten that you prioritized numerically in order of importance, meaning hardest to easiest the night before. Does that make sense? That is the daily dump. So every night before you go to bed, you already know what you're doing tomorrow. So you've got that daily dump, which then becomes your to-do list. You've got your high five. You've got your values surrounding you wherever you go. And you are now in such an amazingly powerful space from which to live your life, your day, your week, your month, your year. There's no way that you are even nearly as excited as you should be because you don't know, because you haven't lived this yet. But I can promise you from my own experience, and I wish so badly that I could have every past client that I've ever worked through these things with, either in workshop format, um, at speaking engagements, or one-on-one, -on -one, because they will all tell you that these things have become a habitual, integrated part of their lives because they are that revolutionary. Simple, yet so revolutionary. Okay, guys, so those three pillars, okay? What do you value? Three to five things you value posted everywhere all over your life. The high five, those five essentials that you commit to following through with every single day, no matter what. And number three, the third pillar, the daily dump. Every night before you go to bed, creating that to-do list for yourself for the next day intentionally stepping into every day with momentum, okay? Now, I don't want to just end this episode without at least touching for a moment on goals because I know we are so incredibly programmed. It's like this cultural conditioning. Um, we really value goals, and for good reason. Goals are such an important part of our lives, and they matter because they keep us pointed intentionally towards those things that we value, right? But what I want you to think about with your goals if you dig deep enough, if you dig deep enough in whatever the goal is, you will eventually uncover a value. So for example, let's say that my goal is to read a book a week. Okay, that's like really ambitious and lofty. But let's say that that's the goal. If I 
ask myself, well, why? The first answer might be because I like to read. And then I say, well, why? Well, because reading makes me smart. Well, why? Well, because I like to have a more broad um, view of the world around me. Well, why? Because I want to connect more with people from a diverse background. Well, why? Because I value genuine empathy and human connection, right? And then we eventually, we just keep going and going and going until we get the value, which is being able to connect more completely with the world around us, right? Another common goal people have this time of year is that they want to be healthy. And the question is why? And you can move through that all the way down until you get to the value underneath that. The value for me when I went through that process as it related to exercise and to being healthy was my mental health. I exercise and eat well because those things keep me mentally sharp. They are a part of my depression treatment plan. And I value being healthy. I, have, I value my mental health so much. I value being able to show up in my children's lives and in my husband's lives and in the lives of my clients and all of you. I value being able to show up completely. Well, why? Because I love human connection. Well, why? Because I think that every human being out there has an amazing contribution to make, and I want to help facilitate that. Well, why? Because I believe in light. I value light and love. Well, why? Right? And we can keep going and going and going. And ultimately, for me, the value as it relates to my, to my health, it allows me to make a greater contribution, which then allows others to make a greater contribution. It empowers others to contribute at their highest level. Because I really believe that we're all in this together, right? So the goals matter. Goals are amazing. And make sure if you want that goal to stick, you dig deep enough. You dig to the point where you find the value, right? Because the goal should be simply the mechanism through which the value is facilitated. The goal isn't the end in itself. The value is the end in itself, because this is what actually matters as it relates to living a joyful and wholehearted life, which is what we want, which is why we set goals, which is why we try to make positive change in our lives, right? Because we're seeking for greater fulfillment and happiness and peace and on and on and on. None of that will be found in the simple act of doing or achieving something. The value beneath that is the driving force. And that is what we have got to also be focusing on in conjunction with the goal and the achievement itself, right? So we've all heard this before, and this is the very last thing I'm going to say, but I truly don't know of any better way than the simple SMART goal system. We've all heard it, right? Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound. And I went back to try to give credit to whoever it was that originated that SMART goal system. And the very first time it was ever seen recorded anywhere, it was in a management review. And it was presented by a man named George T. Duran. But it seems as though it's better known from the work of Peter Drucker, which was after the fact. But either Peter Drucker or George T. Duran. But I'm almost wondering if it's in the public domain now because I, I maybe not. I don't know. It's just everybody talks about SMART goals. Okay, so just really quickly before we close, I want to go through that SMART goal setting system with just like a little bit of Natalie flair. Okay, so S, specific. 
You want this goal to be written in the most simple and specific way possible, okay? Like you have to have a core principle because without it, it's gonna be really hard to focus and it's gonna be really hard to achieve. So a bad example might be, um, I want to be a better student. Not that being a better student is a bad thing, but the specificity of something like, I'm going to focus on boosting my GPA by this many points or something, that that specificity is incredibly helpful as it relates to your ability to stick with the goal. Now, M, measurable. We need tangible evidence, okay? And we need milestones. So let's stick with the studying and being a better student example. Um, we, might we might say something like, um, I am going to study for this Friday's midterm exam. That would be a bad example. A good example, making it measurable, would be I'm going to study for 20 minutes at 5 p.m. every single day this week, Monday through Friday, in order to prepare for Friday's midterm exam. Specific measurable milestones. A, traditionally people say A is achievable. I don't like that that much because I think that almost any goal is achievable. And some, even the most ambitious, like crazy goals that probably aren't really going to make us happy because they're like so lofty and ridiculous, even those are achievable because we're humans and, we're, and we are all just so amazing and remarkable and capable of anything. But what resonates with me more than achievable is accountable. In my own life, accountability has been paramount as it relates to reaching goals. Um, and it's really important that you share the goal with someone who you love and trust, who you would be disappointed to let down, right? Um, I remember years ago, I was training for a half marathon. It was after my son had died and I was trying to get back into shape and I'd never ever run before. And I took that whole accountability thing the extra mile. First of all, I posted about this half marathon that I was gonna run on my blog. I posted the date, I posted everything about it. So all of my readers knew that I had committed to this goal and then Further than that, I called my friend Angel, who's a runner who I love and who I just respect like crazy, and I would have really felt sad if I let her down, if I had promised her I was going to do something and I let her down. And I told Angel, hey, I'm going to run this race. Do you want to do it with me? And of course, she wanted to do it with me because she was the event organizer. And so I had that accountability. And in every situation, and maybe maybe it's just because I care a lot about not letting people down or what people think. Just kidding. Um, or maybe I'm not kidding. I don't know. Maybe there is some truth there. But accountability is so essential for me. And I really think that it, um, it'll do a lot of good for you. So that's A. R is relevant. And with R, I want you to go back to your values. What do you value? Is this goal something that you're doing simply because everyone else around you is doing it? Or is it really aligned with your values? right? Is this something that really, really matters to you? And that's what we need to look at as it relates to relevance. And then T is time-bound. Give yourself a beginning and an end. Treat it more like a project. Um, because anything with a beginning and an end, we are more likely to stick with because we've got a finish line. Now, does that mean that once the goal is completed that we're done forever? No, absolutely not. As you get closer and closer to that time-bound finish line, you say to yourself, what am I going to do next? What's my reintegration into life going to look like? And you may create another SMART goal in order to help you make that transition. So 
That is Smart Goals with me, your host, Natalie Norton. And I just didn't want to close this, um, your best year yet, without at least talking about that a little. And it really, guys, you can find so much information everywhere you look on setting goals. And you may have other systems that work great for you, and I would love to hear about them. So by all means, if you have any great goal-setting exercises or systems or plans or whatever resources, please direct message them to me at Natalie Norton on Instagram, and I will share them with our community there on Instagram. You guys, I love you. You're amazing. I promise you that if you can stick with these three pillars and really prioritize them even just for a month, they will have a lasting impact on your life and you will not want to stop. And it will change the way you show up every day and in every way. Make it a great day. Make it a great week, a great month, a great year. I love you. When you listen. I'm Natalie Norton, and you have been listening to the Show Up Podcast. Girl, you're my best friend. Until next time, my beautiful friend, keep showing up, keep that heart wide open. And as always, remember... Your best is always enough. Cause you make me feel, baby. Cause you make me feel like I